contractor's journey to self-mastery requires discipline, integrity, and respect. Welcome to Hammer and Grind. And welcome to the Hammer and Grind podcast, the podcast built for contractors to help maximize profits and get you off the tools before burnout or bankruptcy happens. I'm your host, Brad Hebner, and I'm here to help you on your journey to self-mastery. Make sure you check us out on our social media platforms, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Just search for Hammer and Grind Podcast, and you'll be able to find me there. Consider joining my free Facebook group called the Contractor Profit Blueprint. I created this free group to give you as much information as possible to help you in your business. I go live in there once a week, tons of content to help you in your business. Now, if you want to accelerate the success, consider joining my paid coaching group called The Profit Club. In there is a great community of contractors all willing to share information and help each other succeed, as well as hundreds of hours of training, coaching calls, everything you need to accelerate your business. If you want to learn more about that, You can find out more information on hammerandgrind.com forward slash the profit club, or just send me a message and I'll be happy to share that with you. Now, let's get on to the show. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Guys, I'm still playing around with the audio and video, so bear with me. You know, sometimes when we think we're making improvements, (laughs) we go through this period of actually getting worse before it gets better. And it's kind of funny because it parallels directly with coaching. Whenever you start doing coaching and you try new things, you actually maybe start doing a little bit worse before it gets better. So just like anything new, when you're trying something new or different, you're going to suck at it. And then over time, you get better and better. So bear with me as we're still trying to figure out this audio and video and lighting and all that stuff, trying to find a really good mix to be able to just make the whole production a little bit better. I spent most of the morning screwing around with the audio settings. I am not an audio person trying to get somebody in here who's an expert to really help with that, but I digress. So this this podcast, we're going to be talking about the most important hire, and it's probably not who you think it is. See, a lot of us in construction, we think that one of our most important hires is going to be a foreman, project manager, someone who's going to lead the team out in the field so that it frees up our time so that we can work on our business, right? That's what a lot of us believe is the most important hire. And I'm going to tell you it's not. Is it an important hire? Absolutely. Is it the most important hire? No, it's not. The most important hire that you'll ever make in your business is going to be an office manager or assistant, personal assistant. Don't get hung up on the title. Okay. But someone who's going to help you in the office do all of the back end stuff. Now, there's different, you know, there's, there's fingers you can go down. You can go down like a true personal assistant who really just helps you with your life. Or you can go down the route of an office manager who runs the office. Sometimes that can even be like a general manager. Like they typically keep the business running while you're doing your sales or your, you know, your management or whatever, there's lots of elements to that. But we're just going to kind of group all of those people into one, which I'm going to call the the office manager. 
Okay. doesn't matter. They're the executive assistant, personal assistant, office manager, general manager, you know, whatever you want to call it, the title doesn't matter. It's really what their tasks are. Now, you may say, why is that the most important hire? What about this job makes them the most important hire? Well, there's, there's, there's lots of, there's several reasons why. Number one is it, an office manager will remove 70 to 80% of your admin task that you're currently doing now in your business. See, especially if you're smaller, if you're on the, if you're a one man show, you're doing everything and it's, I mean, you're, you're, you're doing everything and it will drain you quickly, especially if you're the type of person who's in the trades because you like working with your hands. You're more of a craftsman doing admin tasks, doing financial tasks, doing things like that will drain you because it's the last thing that you want to be doing, right? Most of you, if I were to guess, you, if, you could, if you could just maybe do sales or maybe run the job as a, you know, as a project manager and do nothing else, like you would be in your dream world. Right. Like if you never had to send a invoice, never had to collect a payment, never had to respond to emails, never had to do any of that stuff, you'd say, Yeah, Brad, sign me up for that because that is exactly what I'm looking for. Well, that's exactly what an office manager will do for you. It will remove all of the admin tasks that you have to do. There's so many benefits to this. It will, they can add extra touches to your service offering. They can keep you organized. They can keep your schedule on track. Like there's just so many benefits to having an office manager. And later on, I'm going to share with you a, kind of a, a pretty good exhaustive list of all of the different types of things that they can actually help you with. But I want to, I want to kind of set the tone for this. I've talked to a lot of contractors, myself included. It's easier to hire a field staff because if I hire a carpenter or a laborer or whatever, you know, and I'm paying them 30 bucks an hour, but they're going to help me generate $20 an hour in profit. That's a no brainer. They're, they're generating profit for you. So a lot of us, when we look at an office manager, all we see is straight line item expense on the P&L. It just says, you know, office manager, salary, whatever, 30, 40, 50, $60,000, whatever that is. And so we say, holy crap, that's like, I'm barely paying myself, you know, $40,000 a year. Why would I want to hire someone and pay them 30, 40,000? I can't afford it. Right. That's a, that's a limiting belief. That's, that's what blocks us from understanding the true value. So yes, on paper, if you look at an office manager on paper, it's going to look like an expense, a straight, you know, non-profit producing expense on your P&L. But in reality, that's not true. Because if you're doing, let's just, for example, let's say you spend five hours a week messing with accounts payable and accounts receivable, sending out invoices, collecting payments, you know, making deposits, all those things. If you spend five hours a week dealing with that stuff, and then you can automatically unload that to someone else. You just saved yourself five hours a week, right? Well, that's great. But how does that make me money? Well, if you are the one doing the sales, 
Now you have an extra five hours a week to dedicate towards sales. So now you actually could sell more jobs, which in turn would make you more money, right? So that, that's just one little like, way to explain how it can help you make money. They can also help you by removing all the other tasks that you're doing. They can actually help you be more efficient. So a lot of the things like when I, when I hired an office manager, there were lots of things that I wanted to do in my business. I just never did because I didn't have the time, right? It was the end of the day, worn out, working on the tools, whatever, dealing with customers, dealing with employees. I'm just worn out. I just, I don't have the capacity, the mental capacity or the, even the time to, you know, go in and follow up with a customer on something or to go and do social media posts or respond to comments or whatever it might be. Like, I'm just, I'm done. Like mentally, physically done. Well, your office manager can now do all of those tasks that you're not doing. So one simple task that I always wanted to do for my clients was to send them a handwritten thank you card after the job was over. It was just send them a handwritten thank you card. You know, to do that is, is probably a three-minute task. But again, when you have 30 or 40 other things that are on your mind, it's just like a low priority. I don't have time for that. So by hiring an office manager, all of a sudden now, she was able to send out thank you cards to every customer. And what does that help do? It helps build your brand. It helps build customer loyalty. It helps the customer service experience, You know, the, the, the customer experience. And that helps further drive new business. So does that is that a you know a direct correlation between if she spends you know five hours sending out thank you cards a month, that's gonna generate you know ten thousand dollars in new business? No, I mean there's no it's gonna be really hard to quantify that, but it, it does bring value. It does bring value to your business. So when you're looking at it from that perspective, it is going to help you generate income. It can be through time savings. It can be through efficiencies. It can be through better customer experience. So everyone that I've talked to, every contractor, myself included, who's had a office manager at some point in their business, every single one of them said, I waited too long to hire one. And if, I, if, if things got tough and I had to lay people off, like fire people, my office manager would be the last person that I would fire. I would fire my entire field crew. If I had five, six guys in the field and I, money got super tight, I would lay every one of those guys off before I would fire my office manager because it's such a critical task that when you, once you hire an office manager and, and you get them trained in and you get them set up and they're, you know, they're rocking and rolling, you will have a moment where you'll say, I have no idea how I was able to do all of these tasks that my office manager is now doing. You will have that realization. You'll say, I don't know how I did it all. I, I, just, I don't even know. I can't even, if I had to go back to that, I'd probably just quit because it'd be too much. Yet here we are every day doing these things, right? So it's a very critical task that we put off to the last minute because we want to we want to make you know the 100000 plus salary. We want the business making money. We want everything running smooth so that we can hire someone. And I'm just telling you, sometimes you got to take a risk. 
you got to take that risk and it will pay off. It will pay off the huge dividends on the back end. So if you've considered it, if you've thought about hiring an office manager, but you're on the fence, do it. Like when I hired my office manager, I took a pay cut. I took a $10,000 pay cut because I wanted to offset some of those expenses and it was worth every penny because I wanted to make sure I had enough, you know, enough money there to be able to at least cover for the first, you know, six months or whatever it was for payroll. I wanted just to be able to, 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 to have that. So for me, it was worth it. hundred percent worth it. So another thing that you can think about now, I, a lot of, a lot of you guys are husband and wife teams and that's great. If you're, if you're the contractor and your wife is running the office, or maybe you're the, the, you know, the wife and your husband is running the office, I don't know the situation, the dynamic, but typically, if we're looking at it across the board, stereotypically, the husband's working out in the field, the wife is running the office. That's great if you have that ability. It's going to be probably the cheapest option for you. But again, what ends up happening most of the time is the wife works for free to help the husband and he's not making enough money so he can't pay her. So what it ends up really doing a lot of times is putting a wedge in your relationship because now when you get done with work at 5 p.m., it's now dinner time and then you're still talking about work at dinner time. You're after dinner, you're talking about work. Hey, did you get, did you uh, send the Smith job their estimate? Did you collect the money for this? Did you do that? And it just becomes a full-time business conversation. So it can be very stressful on marriages if you're a husband and wife team. I also know several husband and wife teams. I've interviewed one couple on the podcast. It was episode 48. If you want to go listen to that, the contractor couple with Justin and Kristen Bender, they have a unique relationship and they've been able to you know, put boundaries in place of like, hey, you know, after hours, we're not talking about work. If you can do that, awesome. That's not the case for a lot of people. My wife wants absolutely nothing to do with the business side of things. Now she has her own career. She's a, she's a independent career woman. She and she she loves that, and I wouldn't have it any other way. But if I try to put her in to help me in my business, we'd probably be divorced. <laughs> that's just that's just the reality of our our personalities and our relationships. Like we don't work well together. And don't get me wrong, she's helped me a few times in a, in a pickle. But on a daily basis, it's probably not a, a good idea. If you're... And I have, I have clients that their wife helps them in their business and they're actively trying to get her out of the business because their relationship is strained. The wife is strained. A lot of times you have women who, you know, they used to be like, let's say they were a... I don't know, maybe they were a social worker, Right. Like maybe they were an attorney or something. I don't know. And now they're trying to do other things that they're not best suited for. They're trying to do, you know, payroll or accounts, you know, payable, accounts receivable, stuff like that. And they're, they're doing it, but they don't enjoy it. They're stressed out. When they make a mistake, you get upset. It puts a strain on your relationship. So a lot of guys are actively trying to exit their wife out of their business. And to me, that makes sense. It's very delicate to have your, you know, your couples working together in the, in the business. And by the way, if you are a couple 
who are working in the business together, shoot me a message. If you're if you enjoy it, if it's a great dynamic, shoot me a message and let me know what you think the secret sauce is. I may end up having you on the podcast as a guest in the future to talk about these things, but I'm just curious, like shoot me a message, reach out to me, let me know what do you think the secret sauce is for couples who work together in the construction business. But if you're wanting to hire, if your wife doesn't help you, there's some things you can think differently about. One, you don't have to hire a full-time person. There's lots of people that will work part-time. Uh, case in point, some people are like mothers whose kids have grown up. They were stay-at-home moms. Their kids have grown up, and now they either want to slowly get back into work. They only want to work you know, six hours a day. Maybe their kids are in elementary school, but they still want to pick them up at 2.30, 3 o'clock when school's over. So maybe they only want to work six hours a day. Maybe they only want to work five hours a day. There are people out there who are looking for an opportunity just like this that don't need or want a full-time job. So don't think that you have to hire someone full-time because you may not have to. You may get by with a part-time help. Also, you don't necessarily have to have an office for them. My office, before I moved into the, my shop office, was in my house. I had an office in my house. And my office manager worked in my house. So, you know, it was in a basement. And I had a separate bathroom there. So, they, they weren't really like walking through my house, although they had full capability of doing that. But they worked in my house. They would come in through the garage, go right into the office. And the bathroom was right outside. So there wasn't like a whole lot of room they had to go. They had full use of the kitchen. So it can be a little awkward. I'm not going to lie. It can be a little awkward to have someone working in your house, seeing how you live, especially if you're kind of a messy person. You know, maybe your house is not quite where you want it to be. We all know the contractor's house is the last one repaired, right? So maybe some of you like don't have a fully functional kitchen. And you might be embarrassed to have someone work in your house. That's okay. You can, you know, if you're okay with them working in your house and you have a dedicated space, try that. So lastly, you can also have them work remotely. Like you don't have to have a dedicated space. They can work from home. That's even going to be a, a better situation for a lot of, you know, people who are trying to maybe get back into the work, the workforce, especially if it's like a stay-at-home mom. And they want to get back into it. It's going to be even better to work from home. And I'm, I'm going to say, I may say, you know, women, I may reference women as office managers a lot. However, my first office manager was a female. My second office manager was a male. So I've had both, right? So this isn't like, you know, sexist Brad saying every office manager has to be a female. No, I'm just telling you traditionally, right? Stereotypically, there is going to be a female. Okay. So don't, don't send me a hate mail and all that stuff. I've had both and they both did equally fine. So if you have someone who wants to work from home, great, then they can do that. So don't just get caught in this idea that they have to work full time at your house or full time at your business. They don't. They can be part time, they can be remote, they can do, you know, I, I even had some part time people early on. They would just come to my house one day a week, and then the rest of the time they would work from home. 
Because sometimes there's physical things you have to do, like collect checks, process checks, or whatever. But you know, you can set that up. Don't get stuck in this idea that they have to be a full-time work-at-your-office person because they don't, okay? Here are some people that you can, types of experiences that you can hire for that really help you out. Like I said, mothers, you know, stay-at-home moms that are trying to get back into the workforce, that can be a good source. Apartment managers, because they deal with the general public. They have to deal with kind of the bad side of people, right? You're, that's where they live. That's their house. They have to go in and deal with all the, the nasty stuff and people that don't pay their bills and all that. So office managers or apartment managers, rather, are someone who's dealt with the public in some of their worst scenarios. So they have a high tolerance for dealing with problems and the, the general public. My first office manager happened to be a, an apartment manager. So they can be a good source one other thing is if you're, if you're familiar with the DISC personality profile, then an S personality, an S type personality, somebody who's steady, S personalities, they don't like to have things messed up. They like to have constant, you know, like organization. They don't want to disrupt anything or, or upset anybody. So it's a good, uh, it's a good tempo. It's a good tone. In other words, it's a good personality to have in your office. Because they kind of keep, there's like a calmness about them in the office. The guys are out in the field, they're frustrated, you're stressed out. The office manager kind of keeps everything kind of calm. It keeps, them, it keeps everything on the level. Another good thing about having someone like an S or really even like a female is that in a typically male-dominated workplace, when you're dealing with customers, we can be a little more edgy right? We can be a little more direct. We can be less tolerant towards dealing with stress, but a female or an S personality can do a much better job of grounding you. So they can have the ability of saying like, Hey, Brad, you know, it seems like you're a little stressed out. Why don't you let me talk to so-and-so and deal with that? Or uh, it seems like, you know, you got a lot on your plate. Let me talk to them so you don't have to. Or you can say like, Hey, Cindy, can you talk to so-and-so because you know she's going to do a much better job of softening. Like they have soft people skills. That's the word I'm looking for. So that's another benefit. You, you know, you don't want to, you don't necessarily want to have like a high D personality working alongside a high D personality. Now you may have a very direct and, you know, you may be able to be proficient at what you do, but it may not be the best soft people skills. One of the things I loved about my office manager was that she was an S, she was an SD on the disc profile. And she, you know, grew up having older brothers. So she was kind of rough and tough and could carry her own weight, kind of a tomboy, but had a lot of experience dealing with the general public in the apartment setting. And so she could be super soft when she needed to be and be, you know, firm and direct when she needed to be. And it was helpful for me because if I was if I was, you know, getting too crazy or whatever, I was in the middle of looking for new software that we could use. And I tried a couple different ones and, you know, we were like on our third software. And finally she's like, All right, listen, Brad, you're not allowed to <laughs> to, to to do a new software until we can get this stuff figured out. 
because it's just it's it's stressful, it's a waste of time and energy and money. And I was I appreciated that. I appreciated the fact that she was telling me the owner would be like, "Hey, you need to chill out. You need to stop doing this." So that's sometimes some of you need that type of person that can you know has the cojones to tell you no. And that's basically what she did. She's like, no, we're not doing this. And I really appreciated it. Like, that's the kind of person I want. I want someone who's not afraid to stand up to me, who's not just there to people please or make me happy, but to the, the, the best of the company and for the best scenario. So, you know, S personalities can be a good fit. What can they do? This is the next thing that a lot of you might say. Well, yeah, Brad, I'm 100% on board. I need an office manager. Sounds great. I don't, I mean, I only have maybe 10 hours a week of stuff they can do. What I can promise you is that one, even if that's true, like if you think there's 10 hours of work, I can promise you that there, you will find much more work for them. Now, it may not be 40 hours, but I promise you it'll be more than 10 because you'll start finding things for them to do that you want them to do, right? And here are just some tasks. This is not like a completely exhaustive list of every single thing, but this is just a, a pretty good list of different things they can do for you. And then you can, you can see like how it would benefit you. One, very basic, they can answer the phone. Now, instead of it going to voicemail or ringing, they're answering it. Right, that's a good customer service first point of contact. They can answer the phone. They can even do some pre-qualification. We have some of my clients actually put their office staff through the sales accelerator training, the 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 profit sales system that I teach. They put their office staff through that so that they can do a pre-qualification, a mini pre-qualification on the phone before they ever get to the owner or to the salesman, so they can do some pre-sale stuff. They can schedule jobs for you. They can schedule appointments for you, like your discovery calls. They can do that for you. They can schedule meetings with other people. They can gatekeep your phone. You, you know as well as anyone that your phone rings all the time off the hook with, hey, I want to sell you a service. Hey, I'm, a, I'm an advertiser. Hey, you want to advertise in the yellow pages? Can I build you a website? You know, Can I give you business coaching? <laughs> right? So... Like they can gatekeep for you. So you're no longer answering all of those calls that are wasting your time. They can send in estimates and invoices for you. Maybe you depend on what you do, you have the ability to like create the estimate and then they can send it. Or maybe they can even like do estimating. Like if you have a very simple service, maybe your service provider, you know, like you're a plumber and you do like water heater, you know, replacements, they could probably do that because there's not a lot of moving parts to that. So they could potentially send and send invoices and estimates, as well as possibly create estimates for you. They can do your accounts payable. You got bills to pay. They can do that. They can do accounts receivable. They can receive checks, make sure the payments are due and all that stuff. I can't tell you how many times I would go and check, finally have time to sit down, look at QuickBooks, look at my Gene accounts receivable and see that there was a customer that hasn't paid in like three months, right? They were supposed to pay me three months ago, but I just totally forgot. Well, they can keep you up on that. So now they can once a week check in that. So, so those people don't slip through the cracks. That's another way they can keep like make money for you. They can order materials. 
easily order materials for you. They can create and document processes that you have in your business. They can start helping you create an SOP if you don't have one already. They can do client follow-up. You know, At the end of the job, during the job, check in with them, whatever. They can do client follow-up. They can handle your email. If it's more on the personal assistant side, they can actually handle your email. And so you only get the most important email coming through to you. They can handle like onboarding new employees. They can create, build, and develop and handle onboarding new employees. You hire a new carpenter. They talk to your office manager. They go through... She collects the W-4s and all the paperwork and the state requirements and blah, 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 blah. Gets their shirt sizes, gets that stuff ordered. They can do all of that. And then the last step is this meeting with you where you assign them to a team member or whatever. Like They can help do all of that stuff. They can create documents for you, like flyers or you know, internal documents. They can even help with social media posting. Like they can go on your Facebook page and maybe post every day. They and then they can manage your social media, like responding to comments and all that type of stuff. There's lots of things that an office manager can do for you. Like lots and lots of things. I had them run reports for me. I would have mine do what I call the daily report. And it would be a report that would list out all new all new leads, right? People where they're at in different stages. Like, are they waiting on an estimate? Or, you know, like, are they... The, basically, my lead funnel. Like, where's everybody at? They would have a report of, like, invoices that are due, payments that were received. Like, it was a daily report of things that were the most important data that I needed in my business. They would create that report. She would create that report for me. And every day, at like she would do it at the very at, at the very end of the day, so that the next morning it was ready. And so when I came in, I would look at my daily report, and there it was, right from the previous day. So I would have that, like stuff like that. They can start giving you more real time information. They can do payroll if you trust them. There's lots of things that they can do for you guys. A ton of things, things that you never thought about. So the last thing here I want to talk about is some tips on managing them. And this is from my own experience based on hiring. Because I'll tell you this, if you go to hire your first office manager, you're probably going to screw it up. Like your first office manager, they may not stick around forever. You're going to learn some stuff. And you're going to probably expect them to basically create the process for having an office manager. So when you hire one, there's going to be a lot of learning a lot of mistakes made on both ends. So just keep that in mind, okay? So tips on managing them. Number one, they're not going to be... They're more than likely not going to be rough and tough like field guys. They're not going to be one of the boys, right? So some of that dark humor, bathroom you know, humor uh, that you may tell the guys, you got to be a little more sensitive now about, you know, about some of these things, right? If you can find someone who has that same type of humor and enjoys that, perfect. But just remember, it's a benefit to have someone who's not like you to offset you, right? To have some more soft people skills. Don't give them keys to the castle. This is the, this is the number one reason why you see people that say, oh, my office manager embezzled you know, $50,000 from me and made me go bankrupt. That's because you gave them full reign of everything. You gave them the keys of the castle. Don't do that. There's all kinds of processes 
and safeguards that you can put in place to keep that from happening. You can give them the ability to write checks, okay? But you can restrict that with different things like how much that is or they can't sign the check. They can print it out, but they can't sign it. Like there's lots of ways that you can van, you know, vanguard or safeguard that that stuff from your from your office manager. I had a bookkeeper who had access to my bank account. She was on my bank account. Now she couldn't, she could pay bills all day long. She couldn't take money out. She couldn't withdraw it. She could transfer it and she could pay my bills and that's it. She didn't have any other power to do anything else. Right. So like, that's what I mean by safeguarding. You can give your office manager, if you want to, the ability to pay your bills for you. That's your accounts payable. Now, all of a sudden, you're not worried about paying your bills anymore. You're not worried about that, you know, material bill that you forgot to pay to Lowe's and now you got hit with an interest rate. And then the next time you go to get materials, you don't have enough money on your card because you forgot to pay it. Like a lot of that stuff can be eliminated, right? But you got to be smart about don't give them full access to your entire business. Next thing, and I learned this the hard way, don't overwhelm them by giving them everything at once. When you're training someone like an office manager, and you let's say you have six different softwares that you use. You have like a main one, like Prodigal, and you're also using like Company Cam, and maybe you use NiceJob and a bunch of other softwares. Don't say, here, here's all six softwares we use. Learn how to use them. Don't do that. Say, here's one software. In three weeks, I expect you to be proficient at this software. So go through all the training they provide. You provide training, blah, 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 blah. Just get them up to speed on the on one software. And then once they've got that, a, a good solid understanding, then you can introduce a new piece of software. Don't try to throw everything at them at once. They will get overwhelmed and they would just quit. Okay? <laughs> don't, don't do that. Here's the best way to teach or train, I should say, a office staff. It's a little bit different. It can work for your field staff, but it's a little bit different for office staff. Number one, tell them how to do it. Explain to them how to do it, okay? Then show them how to do it. You sit down and you show them how to do that task. Then have them explain to you how to do that task. Then have them show you how to do that task. And then lastly, have them document how to do that task. So let's, for example, let's say you're going to teach them how to receive payments and they need to go into QuickBooks and then mark that invoice as paid. And then maybe you have like an internal process where you have a stamp. I had a stamp that had my address or that just said deposit only. So you had to physically stamp on the back of the check. And then I would Xerox or copy the, the checks for deposit. So that, like that was kind of the basic task. So you would go through and teach them how to do all that. Like you would tell them, then show them, have them explain to you how to do it, then watch them do it, right? To make sure they're doing it right. And the last step, which is the most important step, is that then you have them document how to do it. Because one, one of the best ways to learn something is to actually teach it. And so if you have them document it, you're doing two things. They are retaining the information, right? 
and you have a documented proof that they're retaining the information. And two, they're actually helping you build out an SOP in the process so that if your office manager quits or you fire them, it's one less task that you have to document. Because now if they've documented that process of how to you know, receive and deposit checks, now I have a documented process that that person gets fired or leaves. I hire a new one. I could say, hey, here's how we document. Watch this video right, on how to do it. And now I don't necessarily have to go through that whole process again. I could say, watch this video and then show me how to do it. Right? It's a, it's a two for one. You're, they're basically helping you build out your SOP. That's, that's the general, that's everything I got on how to hire your, your office manager. Okay. There's, there's, it's all I can tell you is that it's going to significantly benefit you. I promise. Now, if you're a one man show and you try to hire an office manager, or if you're out in the field part time, keep this in mind. There's one, was one important thing you need to keep in mind. If you are working out in the field, say 20 hours a week or full-time, you're going to have to dedicate a significant amount of time to training them. They're not going to be able to just come in your business, learn everything on their own, and then run the back end. You're going to have to train them. So if you're a one-man show, you want to hire an office manager, you might as well just figure like four weeks of non-productive time that you're gonna be not gonna be able to work. Now you can break it up. You could set it up to where you know you work in the mornings and then help them in the afternoon. You could set it up to where the first week they come in, you do lots of training to get them going. Then you work a week out in the field while they're kind of getting settled. Then you come back in and help train. It's gonna be more difficult for you to onboard someone and help them get up to speed if you're not in the office. One thing that happened to me, as soon as I hired my office manager, I lost a lead man. And so I had to go back out in the field for a short period of time. And it made it difficult for training. Luckily, we were using a software that had all kinds of training videos. And I could just say, okay, for the next three days, just go through the training videos and they will explain how to do everything. Right. And then I could schedule out to where I could come in for a few hours, help. But it did hurt. Like there were times where there was literally nothing. She couldn't do anything because there was nothing else to, to learn. And I was working out in the field. So just keep that in mind. If you're going to try and hire an office manager and you're still working out in the field, you need to plan in advance for training time. They're not just going to come in and pick it up in one week and then take over. Okay. You got to be patient too, guys. You, you didn't learn all this stuff in one week. This, this reality that we're going to bring someone in, they're going to learn everything in one week and be at the same speed that we are is absolutely ridiculous and unrealistic. You have to give them time. So if you need to figure that out for payroll purposes, figure out that if you think they're going to be up to speed in one month, they're probably not going to. They're not going to be 100% up to speed in one month. It might take them six months to be up to 100%. You might get to 60% in the first month, but it's going to take six months to get to 100%. All right? So I hope this podcast was helpful. Give me some feedback. Let me know your thoughts on it. Go leave a review on your favorite platform. I'd appreciate it. 
You know where to find me, guys. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Search for the Hammer and Grind podcast. Go join my free Facebook group, The Contractor Profit Blueprint. I give tons of good information in there. And if you're interested in any type of coaching, I have several different programs at several different price points to really help any contractor, no matter where they're at. Reach out to me and I can share with you what that looks like. Thanks guys for hanging out with me today. And remember, profit is not a dirty word.